We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old, some movie industry news, as well as some fun pizza-related conversation thrown into the mix. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and as always, I am joined by... Michael, hey everyone, thanks for listening today. How's it going? It's going pretty good, you know, living the life, dreaming the dream, working the work, all the good. above. Good, good, good. Happy to hear it. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It's a beautiful Sunday. Can't complain. And we're talking about an MCU movie this week. So I am, I'm right in my element, I feel like. Yeah, something, uh, something new, a new MCU movie, Uh, perhaps what they've been calling the movie event of the year. I feel like I've been seeing that literally for every movie. I was, I was watching TV. I was streaming, I think something on Hulu, I don't remember, but it wasn't. It, it couldn't have been Hulu. I don't know, but it, anyway, an advertisement for Finch, that new Tom Hanks movie, came out. That's streaming on Apple TV Plus, and yeah. that advertisement was the biggest movie event of the year. And I was like, really? That's what mm-hmm. you're deciding to choose for this solo act Tom Hanks movie streaming only on Apple TV Plus? All right, cool. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. And I'm, I'm sure Bond said it, and I'm and Dune, and so I just find it interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely a tagline, less of a descriptor of the movie because. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if it's the best MCU movie if we jump right in there. Uh, so with that being said, if it's not at the top, then it can't even be the movie event of the year. Right. Or is that logic a little flawed? Um, I think I think from biggest movie of the year, it's certainly technically the biggest MCU movie of the year. Right. Like with the cast and the budget and those things. But if biggest is synonymous with best. Then yeah, you're right. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yeah, but this is a this is a big, big movie, like you said. Another, another two and a half hour movie on our list. Which Dude, is, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do like a, now. We gotta do an indie like ninety minute movie next week, or a comedy, or something, or like we a short a, film. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why we've been doing these every other week podcast recently because every movie is two hour thirty minute plus. We're just like, dear God, like yeah. come on now. And they destroy um, the box office every weekend. Like yes, we've especially the past three that we've done. They've just kind of hit it out of the hit it out of the ballpark with, with some box office numbers post pandemic, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, for the case in which this week, if you haven't already gathered, we're talking about Eternals. Eternals. The latest, yeah. The latest MCU movie directed um, by Chloe Zhao, um, Oscar winning director Chloe Zhao. So um, uh, I think there was some concern going into this weekend about how it would perform at the box office, given that the critical review for this movie has been mixed leaning negative so um there was some concern but it's number one in the box office i think it's putting up pretty bonkers money numbers so that's um positive to see if you're like rooting for disney to make more money but Mm -hmm. i think but i think what you should be rooting for is an outside the box movie doing well from a female of color director with the diverse casts, with some very cool representation taking place in the MCU. I think those are things you can be rooting for. Um, so it's positive to see those kind of numbers going in for a movie that's definitely outside of the MCU box a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely outside the box. I mean, I think the original Eternals uh, series by Jack Kirby only ran like one volume or only a couple of issues or something. So uh, from what I heard, this is like his little, one of his favorite Jack Kirby's favorite little little pieces that he's done. So there's not as much canon out there. So they're really playing with it. Um, where does, let's talk about this movie as an MCU movie, because to me, some at some points during Eternals, they kind of forced the story and forced the narrative to fit into these pieces of the Avengers MCU wide saga. I don't know if they needed that. Like uh, it, it was kind of like Easter eggs almost, but like they kind of kept coming forward and forward and trying to like bring it, bring themselves into the canon a little like on the nose. How did you feel about all that? It was whatever. Like you said, it was just kind of like a friendly reminder. It's like, hey, like this is actually this is a Marvel movie. You know, I think they mentioned Thanos once or twice. They mentioned the snap once and they mentioned Iron Man and Captain America once, too. And like a, um, and it was fine. You know, it's just I think it just serves as a friendly reminder. And and I think if anything, the most the biggest reminder for me was just the post credit scenes that were there. It was like, oh, yeah, duh, this is. Don't forget, we are a Marvel movie. There are post-credit scenes that are arguably more significant than the previous two and a half hour plus of this movie. You know, yeah. like so. Um, I'm I'm starting to get annoyed that the post-credit scenes are so significant. I remember when like they were just more comical than anything, but like now it's they're actually like significant plot devices that like you need to watch in order to see the direction that the MCU is going in. So. Um, which, yeah. which, again, for me, kind of fights against this idea of the biggest movie of the year, where it's like, no, it's it's actually being supported by this huge, you know, 25 movie canon there. And, you know, you know how I'm feeling about these franchises, like getting to the credits, everyone's like jittery and talking to each other. I went to the theaters, of course. Um, everyone's jittery and talking, saying, stay, stay. We got to watch the, the, the end credits movie. We got to see what's next. What's next? And I'm just like. We, there's no room in the Marvel universe to just take a breath and just be like, Hey, that was a good movie all by itself. It has to be constantly compared and connected to, and the audience is always being brought like, all right, was this pretty cool? No, wait till the next one we've got. And uh, it, it, it kind of, for me, I don't know, looks over the Zap, the Chloe Zhao and the director. Like you're going to bring a really cool director in this Academy Award director, change up a bunch of things, but you're not going to let it be a standalone Marvel movie like they even say the Eternals will return like do we need another Eternals story do like could it have been just a one-off like almost spun off type of part but no it's it's the main line I don't know I'm I'm getting a little even more cynical about that stuff so I was ready to go after the credits I didn't even want to stay for the scene I was just like that doesn't matter to me oh yeah it's it's all a piece in a bigger puzzle you know it's easy to think that Eternals is this grand solo act, but no, it's literally just another piece in the puzzle. And, and there were things that I really enjoyed about this movie that I thought really worked. And then there were others where I was annoyed by and did not care for nearly as much. And especially coming off the high for me, that was Shang-Chi. I, I, I've said this multiple times. I really love those grounded moments in MCU movies. And I feel like after Endgame, after Infinity War, there's this need from MCU, from Marvel, from Kevin Feige. Like we still, we got to make everything grand, grand, grand. So like, what's next? Oh, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's going to be huge. 
oh, what's after that? Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. That's going to be huge. And I guess I might, I guess I'm, me personally, I guess I'm more interested in these, in maybe like these Disney Plus series. <laughs> like, because now mm. next is Hawkeye and that's literally just like him and, and uh, Kate Bishop, like on the ground in New York, just, you know, beating people up, street level fighting. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm more excited for that now. Um, but like I said, there were things about this that I really enjoyed as far as storytelling, the performances, some mm-hmm. of the shots and the cinematography were unlike anything that we've seen in any Marvel movie before. So I think those are really cool things that I think that this movie can ha- ha- hang its head high on. Yeah, and, and I'm interested to see kind of where the MCU is as a tool for directors. Like what's next for Chloe Zhao? Like Sam Raimi is bringing, is bringing back from Multiverse of Madness oh. next spring. Um, what what kind of... I can tell you what's next for her. I mean, right now, though, if you want to. Um, I mean, I, she, yeah. she signed on before this. So um, she's doing a Dracula movie next. Oh, I think I heard that. Yeah. yeah we might have yeah. discussed this. So, and I think that's something... Obviously, I'm assuming she wanted to do this too. And you can see her name all over this movie as far as it's just like her style and everything. But there's also some heavy MCU things. I think with Dracula, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a low key passion project for her. Hmm. Like I can totally see her. I, I think that has the, 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 the interest, I mean, the, the potential to be really, really interesting. And now, now she's an Oscar winner. Now she can do whatever. She, now she's done a big budget. Now she can put like the two and two together. Yeah. Maybe Dracula is this mid budget movie and just go crazy on it. I think, I think, I, I can see her living in that lane a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right, Chloe's out. I mean, yeah, her the the shots were it was pretty. It was a nice looking movie. Um, and I think we texted about this a little bit. Like, um, I I had been looking for that Nomad Land handy cam kind of stuff going on where it's very swing like. Um, that that brought about a little bit early on in the movie, and then we kind of I feel like it dropped off, and we went back to the same static Marvel CGI shots and. And even like even some of her um, landscape shots that she really, really, you know, showed off the natural part of America. I, I don't know. It got it got like muddled by some CGI going on. Like I wasn't able to really experience this huge natural, you know, because they picked great scenes, great locations to shoot on. Like you can see Quebec and New Zealand and Australia and all these things come through in the credits and stuff. Uh, it, it felt a little how much was Chloe Zhao directing and how much was the MCU just kind of working the the system? Like it kind of just like is set in stone. Well, let's think the CGI that was in this movie for me did not look good. It was kind of perplexing. Like I thought the deviants for the most part did not look great, especially like that master human like deviant, like did not look good. Mm-hmm. And contrasting that with the, the quote unquote, like natural, earth-like shots i'm just like what's going on here and so which makes her as a directing this movie that much more confounding because i feel like she would be better served doing something a little smaller in scale and because i thought the action sequences in this movie some of them really were cool and like worked for me as far as like suspense and thrilling but again like the whole cgi aspect of it all really took me out of it so like i would love to see chloe zhao do a like Again, I go back to like fit, like fist to fist, but like, like you know, like a Captain America Winter Soldier. Just her, I would, I think her shooting like mm. guy and guy or you know, human to human fighting would be really, really 
cool to see because I felt I felt some of the stakes in this movie, and I think it would be infinitely better if it was just like a human fighting a human rather than a human fighting some like aqua dog, you know, <laughs> an aqua dog. Okay, I don't, I, I, whatever the, they I, I don't even I, I whatever the hell they were, yeah. you know. Well, then let's then let's talk about this grand this grandiose story that we've got going on. Let's get a little bit more detailed into it. Go see the Eternals. I guess I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much. A lot has been kind of given away by the trailer, but um, go check it out before before we have some conversations, um, and then come back with a slice of pizza in hand to listen to the rest. Yeah. Okay, so the grand kind of problem we got going on is is really twofold for these guys, right? So you said that you like believe the stakes of some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. What what was the bigger story for you? The Eternals origin, like self-imposed existential crisis or saving the world? Because for me, that those two plots kind of were, hey, we're trying to figure out who we are as a superhero team, but also we have to save the day. So it was very back and forth for me, which... Which were you feeling a little bit more? Oh, I'm it infinitely was more interested in the former, the them figuring out their identities and how they cope with like purpose rather than them saving the world. Like, I don't know. I thought I thought that which I guess ties directly into their purpose and them grappling with the idea that maybe their purpose was an intention was not always what they thought it was going to be, and them coping with a new purpose. Um, which is, I guess, then saving the world. But um, no, I didn't care for that. And I don't know how much of it is comic book canon or whatever. And But some of those things I just did not, the whole saving the world and the new celestial and their, and then their original plan and the purpose and the twist of the movie, while I do enjoy a good twist, I was, um, I, that, that, that didn't work for me as much as the relationships between the Eternals what they had to grasp with as individuals, as partners, as a team, that stuff will always appeal, uh, appeal to me more than the whole, like the world's falling apart. What do we do? You know, mm-hmm. how about you? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely felt more captivated by those personal stories. Like um, my boy, Barry Keegan, Mr. Yeah. Druig, when, you know, he's kind of struggling with, I have this great power, but we, we can't interfere with conflict. And yeah what does that rule even mean now? Like what, like now that this is our purpose, like conflict was just, because I think they just excuse it. Like conflict always brings about war, which brings about te- technological and medical advancements, which is true. Yeah. Um, but like, I love that little push and pull and, um, you know, especially for his character. But I don't think the stakes, like the story of the, you know, the giant hand coming out of the world, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like just the earthquake. I don't, I don't know. I guess I just, it was so far fetched and so large scale. I was like, okay, this is a little weird. This is like the world should actually be dead. If that hand's coming out of the earth, even a little bit. Right. I like there should be a, ma- there, shouldn't there be like a massive, like su- like a tsunami or, or something happening right now, because you're right. Or that, that volcano should have exploded already mm-hmm. into uh, you're right. Because that was, it was protruding a significant amount. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and I'm wondering like, is that going to stick around? Like, are we just, it like, looks are- like it. Like they're just like content with it being a glacier now, I guess. I don't know. Is, is that what you turned into was ice? I, that was my impression. That was my impression. Okay. Um, but I, obviously I can, I, I can, I can, I can absolutely, absolutely be wrong on that, but uh, I just had never, I just didn't know. I was just like, Oh, it's white now. All right. Great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that, that sequence was 
fine and you know them battling uh icarus you know was fine i think i've said this before i'm not a fan of a superman like character they mm. they've no one whether it's superman captain marvel or now icarus they i've yet to make them interesting to me because and they always seem to have like the blandest personality and i think this continues to be the case in this movie uh with the exception of that one humorous encounter with um with uh brian tyree henry's character in his house aside from that i mean i don't think icarus smiled once in this movie so like i'm 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 I'm, I'm tired of these all-powerful superheroes um being boring yeah Right. I mean, if you have all this power, like uh, I just I just can't believe they even mentioned Superman in this movie. Like they yeah, that was weird. they went out of their way to a mention Superman and kind of bring him into the canon, I guess. And then <laughs> also show Star Wars uh, coloring books. Right. Oh, yeah. So they are very, very much like and that's what man, I'm hoping Chloe Zhao is just like, should I put a Star Wars book in there? Like, is this the beast telling me I have to cross promote or something like that? I bet that's the beast. I bet Chloe Zhao was more with the Superman and her just not giving any flips about yeah. the MCU in a way um, because I bet she did that. And then I also bet there was something else in there. Oh, like, you know, like having a sex scene that's never been done before in the MCU, but that's, Which, to- that's totally her idea, you know? So I bet, she, I bet she was all about breaking these boundaries. Let's talk about the sex scene. That was so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was, it was not, definitely odd. It was definitely odd. It was very I'm, heterosexual. I don't know. Yeah. It was very missionary. Like not everyone's making a huge stink of it. Like they were kind of just like hugging. Yeah. They were hugging on the ground without 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 a top, you know? Like it was, it was like honestly kind of just unnecessary, you know? Like it wasn't. We we get it. They love each other. They had a they had a thing thousands of years ago, and they were in a relationship for thousands of years. That pretty much establishes that they probably had sex at least once. I don't yeah. think we needed to necessarily see that to really grapple with them being in love for a long period of time. You know. Yeah, and and I was I constantly was waiting. Like, is there a kid out there? Like, is there mm, a, a meaning eternal or like? Is this how we're going to talk about the mutants? Because really yeah. in Greek mythology, where a bunch of their names kind of, which I like what they do with that, with like rewriting history a little bit. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, that it, it comes from, there's also like demigods and stuff. So I think if we're going to bring that, because that's Thor, right? I mean, Thor is a god. So there's got to be someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Good. But anyway, um, two good looking people naked does not make a good sex scene. Let's just put yeah. it out there, Chloe Zhao. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was just weird, unnecessary, you know. Um, yeah, so so there was that. But no, I think, I mean, as far as things that worked for me, you know, I really, um, I thought many of the performances were good. I was just bashing Richard Madden. I typically, I'm typically a Richard Madden fan, but like, right. I think he just had nothing to do. I think he was just told to like, yo, be bland and he did it. So good for him. But like, like Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. I mean, they let him just, I think he had the most fun on set. He was great. Mm-hmm. And then as far as other Eternals, there wasn't enough Brian Tyree Henry. And then there wasn't enough, um, your, your boy, Barry. Not and then, um, and then I'm blanking on the act. I'm, I'm, I'm the actress's name, his, his love interest, his partner, Lauren Ridloff as Makari. Um, uh, yes. she was also quite excellent. There was there wasn't enough of him. And then our boy, Gilgamesh, my boy, Gilgamesh. I mean, uh, 
gone too soon in this movie. Really enjoyed him as well. Yeah. And also a very underutilized Selma Hayek. Yes. Oh, dude. I was telling Kimberly this yesterday, man. I don't know if you've what you've seen of any of the red carpet or the press they've been doing for this movie, but in every single interview, oh, yeah. she seems to be so proud to be in this movie. She's like, I'm a 50-year-old person of color, Hispanic heritage, and we don't get asked to be in these movies, you know, my age, my ethnicity. And but here I am, I'm a I'm a superhero, I'm badass, I'm here, and she just seems to be so proud. So I'm thinking, oh man, she's huge in this movie. And you're right, she's not, she's barely in it. She's she's the matriarch, so she's the leader, but like, but she's not in it that often. So I thought I thought that was interesting. I was not I was not and I was not expecting that. No, I mean they they really killed her off really early, which and I knew I knew I was like you've got all of these top talent stars they are not getting equal screen time like we knew that going in i was really worried we weren't going to get enough barry keegan but um i was happy they they put it oh man that kid plays oh just quiet calm reserved roles really really well um he's cool he, he exudes cool man i like he walked out he like switched out into that leather jacket in the desert and i think when they got to iraq he was finally getting the, the jacket on i was just like man Okay, Druid, yeah. Daddy, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean the star power in this movie is insane, and you're right. Like, it was interesting, you know, how they d- divvy up playtime, if you will, it, uh, is interesting. And I, but I wish I definitely had more of some characters than of others, you know. Um, well, fortunately, the Eternals will return. Yeah, but with that being said, half of them are gone. That's another thing about this movie that I, I also enjoyed is that I don't know what, but I just thought I just assumed like all ten of them would just make it out okay i mean there's i think five left sprite didn't die but she's no longer an eternal Mm -hmm. so i think there's five eternals left three we don't know what's up with them or two or three of them we don't know what's up with them so there was some some pretty hardcore stakes in this movie that i that i actually really enjoyed what are you doing what's up i'm just really trying to figure out like that was just a quick little wrap up for Sprite stories. Like, hey, you're human. Bye. So like, touch I my t- hand. I, what is that? That was so, I don't know, left turn. So you know, that, I was, it concludes her story. I get it. But so we, I saw this with Paige and Brandon and Kimberly and Brandon. That was one of his criticisms was that there was some poorly written things in this movie. And one of them being, he thought was how you're right. Like, uh, 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 Cersei finishes off that celestial, but she still has some power that was rubbed off from the celestial. So she used that extra power to make Sprite human so she can experience life essentially. Um, which I understand Sprite's, I don't understand, but I get, uh, Sprite's like desire to want that because she seems like she got the short end of the stick on a lot of things eternal wise. And then she wants to experience the joys of life. But like the whole, like it was never established that a celestial could do that, that like Cersei can do that. And like you said, all of a sudden it's like, oh, give me your hand. Zing. All right, cool. You're a human now. Go, go off, you know, enjoy Mm -hmm. school. You're right. That was really, really rushed and out of left field. And and I think that's, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like that. I didn't like that quick little ending. And she, man, she was so in love with Icarus that she really turned side so quick. I think her later, later part of the movie, I'm not a big fan of her character. I really liked her moving forward from the start like okay this this is a great story we got a lot a lot of like existential like i look like a kid forever and then she turns you know bad towards the end and then immediately good again like so wishy-washy that i don't it was just i don't know the ending needed some cleanup 
I guess yeah. we could say. And that's never really a good thing, right? You have this two hour, 40 minute movie and yet it's somehow the ending was rushed. So mm-hmm. that's not great. You know, you don't want that. You, um, so that kind of stinks, but no, we're, so we're left with Cersei, Fina, Kingo, Fastos. Oh, I mean six, Makari and Druig. So we have six, we have six Eternals left. Three of them right at the end were taken by that one celestial, which then leaves the other three and Harry Styles to, to find them. Right. Harry fucking Styles. <laughs> this is the second movie we reviewed that had Harry Styles in it. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. So yeah, I, I think it's really interesting to see the critical hatred towards this movie, lack of a better word. I'm kind of surprised that it's the first MCU movie to be rotten. I think there are definitely other MCU movies out there that are worse and not as entertaining and not as meaningful. Um, so I, I, I don't know if it's me just going in with low expectations because of those reviews, but I definitely walked away from the theater and find myself continuing to think about this movie thinking, you know what, that was better than I expected. And yeah. so but like, is it the best MCU movie? Absolutely not. Top 10? No. Top 15? I'm not sure. But like, I, I, I don't consider this a failure. And I, I wouldn't say it's bad, you know? So that's where I stand. Yeah. I, I you know, I walked around out saying like, all right, it was okay. Their marketing said it's the greatest movie of the year. Yeah. The critics were saying, oh, it's a hit or miss. Like they tried their best. Okay. Pat, pat, pat on the back. And it's still making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's very... I don't know, especially post-pandemic, I'm having trouble sifting through all of that information because I'm like, all right, technically this wasn't a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's not what they hyped it up to be either. And mm-hmm. even the cinematography, man, like still really washed out. It's still, I, I, there's no color in these movies anymore. Um, it looks so washed out and just filtered to shit. Um, it's not even the best looking MCU movie either. Yeah, I mean, I, the first one that comes to my mind is like Ragnarok, maybe, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, super, super colorful. Um, yeah. Even uh, Doctor Strange, right? I mean, that was, that was a kaleidoscopic kind of ride or whatever. But, man, just think it back to Shang-Chi and Black Widow. Like, pull scenes out of any of those movies and put them together and make a whole other movie. Your color palette's the same. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very trademarked and, like, packaged for us still as an MCU thing and that let me down because I was so excited for Chloe Zhao to, to take it on that it, I think it was fed to us and the, with the wrong wording, the wrong messaging or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Some false advertising, maybe a little bit for sure. Um, and maybe that's where some of the reviews come in, you know, they were, they were thinking one thing and got the other, but um, I forget what I was going to say next, but I think overall I'm happy with it. I do wonder if it would have been more effective. And I hate that. I feel like this is a question that we can literally ask with every single movie that we see now. Unfortunately, don't, do don't say it. Do you think this would have been more effective on like Disney plus as like a TV series? Uh, Whereas where like each eternal has like its own coming out episode, you know, int- or introduction episode, you know, and then, and then episode 10, they're all together. And then maybe, that turns into an Eternals movie down the line where that movie's been a more appropriate two hour movie, you know, where we already have relationships with each of these characters. We know what they do. We know what they bring to the table. We can flush out each of them more, you know, Druid skepticism, 
um, Bastos's um, family and his coping with humanity and, and Icarus and Cersei's love story, Druig and Makari's love story, Thena and, and um, Gilgamesh and everything that they've been up to. And then, yeah, then bring in the movie and the whole celestial thing and make it probably a little bit more grander in phase in phase four MCU. Damn, mm-hmm. I just let's 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 drive over to Disney, Michael, and just pitch that. I see you. I feel like you were skeptical about me bringing it up, but I think I, I, I'm seeing you me talking about it, and you're like, huh, maybe. Uh, yes, I'd like the idea. <laughs> However, it's all the same shit, isn't it? Whether you're watching these MCU movies on Disney Plus, you can watch a movie, then a series, then a movie and a series, and you're still working within the same universe. I don't even think it, I don't think it fucking matters. I think they could have made probably a C plus Disney plus series. I really do. Stretching it out, giving them more time. And this phase, everything after Endgame and Infinity War felt so rushed that they are constantly trying to recreate that magic of their 10 year anniversary. That they're trying to do. Yes. It's not working because you're, you're going from the snap for the universe to this movie that's about the apocalypse in the world, like ending with giant hands coming out of the ocean. And then next we're going to just fuck with the whole timeline. Like there, the stakes cannot be bigger than they already are that they're just trying to go and go and go and get these big grand ideas. I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. I'm glad it's a movie because I prefer movies. Yeah. For and I don't, th- and I don't think the answer, Brian, and I know you like love this question. I really don't think the answer to a mediocre movie is it should have been a series. Like they should have the- just made a better movie. I don't think all mediocre movies should be series. Don't I never said that. I don't think that I do think this with all everything it's introducing. You said the apocalypse. It also grapples with the introduction of like heroes in general. And then also the, and, and, and just purpose and each and every single one of these characters this I think could have been a television series and I think worked well and eventually would have led to a, a more appropriate phase four where the movie's like the climactic moment, if you will. And cause I liked these characters. They introduced care. We didn't get enough time with many of them. And I still felt stuff when some were killed and or when the, some of these fight sequences and I'm like wondering what's going to happen. I'm thinking, holy shit, like this is this is really riveting. And or I left feeling I wanted to explore more of that. I think a television show could have done that. And I would have even felt more emotional in the movie when Gilgamesh dies or when Sprite tur- is not a, is no longer an eternal. I could care less about Sprite right now. But maybe if I had a television show about her, I would have felt more about that and so on and so forth. Yeah, I just uh, there are cool there are cool things there, and some landed and some didn't, and I think they all could have landed if it was a television series on Disney Plus. Um, but then, do you have Chloe Zhao attached to it and yada yada yada? It's a whole different thing entirely. But that's where I stand. All in all, though, I think it was fine, and then I'm excited to see where this goes. I hope I see some of these characters again, and yeah, I kind of hope this is the last MCU movie. Well, <laughs> I know it, I know it's not, but I kind of wish. I'm I'm just so bored of it, dude. I'm so bored of the fans saying what's next, what's next, not actually giving Chloe Zhao a chance. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they tried to force this narrative into the post-end game world and like little tongue in chief chief 
tongue in cheek references. I think for a, a lot of MCU fans and maybe present company excluded, they feel like they deserve the detailed minutia of these backstories. I don't know if everyone's just ready to just have a movie just end and be open to interpretation and open to the audience having conversations at their dinner table. Not like, oh, well, that was fun. Like, I wish I got to see more Gilgamesh before I have to worry about the next Eternals movie. Like, it's it's just a production cycle. And I think I'm, I, I don't know. I don't want to watch any more MCU movies. And I don't, I really don't want to hear. <laughs> and maybe I'm just feeling really cynical today, but like the, the, the words coming back out of this movie that comparing it to everything else from that franchise is so disheartening. And I don't think it's fair. Um, we're, we're definitely in this weird part of, I don't know, the media landscape that I'm really just not happy with maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and I think that's definitely fair. I think there are definitely times and I love, I love Marvel as much as the next person, you know? Um, but you're right. Like some of it's definitely getting a little bit old and, and now more than ever, these endings of the movies, like you said, are no longer endings. Everything's a cliffhanger now. So you're right. That sense of incomplete, that frustrated my dad so much with doom part one that he articulated in our previous pod. It's real, you know? And yeah. I feel like, and, and you're right. I feel like now with the exception of no time to die, a lot of these IP movies, they're just cliffhangers. They're, yeah. just, they're just cliffhangers now, unless they are the finality in a sequel in the sequence. So and MCU, there's no finality in sight. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, you don't hear Kevin Feige saying this will be our end, our last movie because it, because unfortunately, as much as we'll complain, I don't know about you, but speaking for myself, I can complain all I want, but like, I'm still going to see the next thing. It just, it just has me. It just has me deep, you know? Yeah. But then at what point, at what point are we, is everyone going to say, all right, we've oversaturated the superhero genre. I mean, this is what, 20, 25th movie taking out the series connected to the MCU, right? Um, it's, it's just a lot. And I, I think maybe if I can get a little bit broader here, maybe just like we've been so accustomed to scrolling online that we're constantly, we deserve the next thing. Like, okay, I haven't seen enough Instagrams. My phone is just going to keep me scrolling, keep me scrolling. Netflix is going to say, do you want to continue watching? Like you got to keep being engaged with content and any images and sounds and stuff that now it's it's bled over into the theaters. I think that the only conversations I heard on the way out is what do you think they'll do next? Mm -hmm. And it's so annoying. It is. It it really is like I don't know. It's so well, it's, so frustrating. That's the comic book culture, man. You think think about like the literal comic books. You read the latest issue, and then it ends, and you're like, all right, can't wait to read next week's issue that comes out next week. You know, like that was weekly entertainment as part of the whole story. And then with those comics, there's a bunch of crossovers, you know, mm -hmm. Thor and the Hulk, Spider-Man and Thor, Spider-Man and X-Men. And then they introduce new characters like, oh, we finished this storyline. Let's introduce another storyline with the same character. They can do this for as long as they want to because there's so much source material from various authors and artists that they can draw on and do. We still haven't even gotten the x-men yet which is one of the biggest marvel properties you know so and that can be a huge number of storylines because of all the era, uh, characters that that will introduce we haven't even gotten fantastic four yet that's actually been announced but we haven't gotten it yet and that really fantastic four is one of my favorite comic book stretches so i'm actually really excited for that but there are still significant ip characters that haven't been introduced yet that they're going to pull in the fall and that alone will last them several several years so 
I don't think this is ending anytime soon at all. Unfortunately, maybe. Only time will tell. But look, yeah. I mean, you 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 know the projections for the next three or four years. Like we know, we they they work harder than God over there at Disney. Um, whatever whatever is gonna happen, I guess I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, I mean, shit, they can do this for as long as they want. I'm still gonna spend money to see it, you know. And then eventually, one day down the road, I'm gonna have kids and i'm gonna be like all right get a babysitter because we gotta go see the latest marvel 60th marvel movie i gotta watch the latest marvel movie you know so i just wish there was room in the box office for other stories anything that is not a large budget movie is dying and And it's the it's the disney fucking company it's their these large companies are just soaking it all up the bag man the bag i know And now they're like, yo, we can get Oscar award-winning directors to direct our movies. And so who, I, I'm really curious. You know, we have we have the Taika Waititi's, the Chloe Zhao's, and like, I wonder who, we got uh, Ryan Coogler's, you know, like, I wonder, like, they can literally both in front of the camera and behind the camera, they can seemingly get whomever they want to. And money talks. Mm-hmm. Money so, talks. I guess with that being said, do you um, want to go into some pizza-related questions? Yes. It's so good. But before we do that, we have to solidify something. Mm-hmm. Are we giving up on the favorite topping? We can give up on favorite topping. I do like the idea of having three questions, though. So for this week, we can stick with two. Okay. But let's homework for us. Let's think of a third pizza related question. Okay. Just because okay. it's getting harder and harder, especially yeah. in a two and a half hour movie with 10 different actors and characters like, I don't know. And f- these past couple of movies haven't all been about the script. They have not. They've been about the large scale of it. Right. Um, yeah. But if you're OK with it, I'm OK with it. We could just go just cheese slices for the week. That's OK. That's OK. I mean, we could Google quotes. Was I doing that prior to this pod? Sure, I was. <laughs> Um, but you're right. I'm not taking notes in any of these theaters for sure. I don't do that, but okay. That is fine. Um, I'll bring up a quote that I found in a different question just to make it interesting. Cause I think it's a good quote. I think there was a lot of good script. I think there was, while there was some bad writing for a screenplay, I think for like dialogue, there was some interesting stuff that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, but cool. Let's go to best slice. Best slice is the best scene. What do you think, Brian? I think for me, it's when Druig's care everything from Druig being reintroduced in present day, where in the middle of the forest or wherever he's at. I think the Amazon is where he's at, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that whole fight sequence t- that takes place, resulting in the death of Gilgamesh. I just loved every everything about that was awesome. You, you're what you said about the color palette being washed out. I think applies incredibly to that scene everything was a hue of like green and gray but um the reintroduction of druig him his skepticism i love throughout this Mm -hmm. entire movie and the fighting itself and just seeing all of the cgi dogs um deviants coming i thought that was gonna be a one-on-one fight and then there's like five or six of them and i was like oh man and that's i talked about the stakes earlier i felt it i, I remember my heart began to race a little bit there was some really cool like close-up scene like close-up to the face like a, that chloe zhao close-ups that i really enjoyed in these action sequences and then yeah and then it resulted in gilgamesh dying and 
So you've, it, it had some real consequence to it. And he was all doing it to perfect Athena and that whole relationship that I really enjoyed it. Uh, all of that worked for me. So that will be my favorite scene from, from the reintroduction of Joy to Gilgamesh um, dying. Yeah, that is a good scene. And such a big cast and they all have different powers that every yeah. fight scene is different. That yes. It's not just constantly you're seeing, you know, the speed runner just do it right there's yeah. a couple scenes where she's just not there right and the other powers so having this arsenal like larger than the avengers in their movies right um i i thought that that was pretty good so the the fights right um mm-hmm. they all felt distinct and different so i did enjoy and I, that and i like that and it's very x-men-y i love the x-men oh, yeah. because they all bring something different to the i mean the avengers do too but like but like Cyclops has lasers coming out of his eyes and Wolverine stabbing people. And then you have storm somebody in the weather. Everything's mm-hmm. doing something different. And the Eternals is very similar in that regard. So definitely some X-Men vibes in this too. Yeah. You're right. um, my, my best slice is going to be um, Kingo's introduction. Uh, the Kumail Nanjiani while he's uh, in the Bollywood studio. Um, just that whole like, in his office and he's like this is my great grandfather he was the best Hollywood <laughs> actor this is my grandfather this is my father and then this is me he's just like he didn't do anything but make Bollywood movies for the past like 200 years or something like that like <laughs> I so funny um we get the introduction to his valet which oh, great um only grew on me over time I literally was like all right we've already got a whole cast of superheroes do we really need a regular Joe but he brought about some really, really fun stuff early on and, and very, very heartwarming. Um, you know, when he leaves to go to be with his family, um, he's like, you know, thank you guys for, so it's an honor to be, have worked with you guys. Um, so just the whole, I love yeah. that. I love the idea that they've been separated and uh, Kumail goes on after the scene, ask everyone, have you seen my movies? <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's a really nice little setup. Um, although there were a lot of shared comedic interactions. Um, I think, I think it was hard to see Madden play off of Nanjiani. I don't think they vibed well. Same thing with Angelina Jolie. When she was around a comedic moment, it was kind of like, I don't know if that's her caliber. Like, I think I think she's a I little bit up there. Kumail, you're I down here. I don't think, well, I don't think Angelina Jolie has a funny bone in her body. I don't think, oh. that, like, has she ever been in anything? I guess I'm thinking about Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I guess it's technically like an action comedy, but oh, I don't think she's that funny. Was all right there. But, uh, and again, similar, she was struggling. Her character was struggling with a lot in this movie. So I think, I think for her, what she was portraying, I think, yeah, you're right. It was kind of difficult to get funny across to her. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Kingo. He's good. He was, he yeah. was good. And then that valet, what do you think about the bit about the documentary and him always rolling that ran a bit long for me? I thought, I didn't realize that was going to stay for as long as it did. Um, yeah, but overall I thought it was really funny and that's where even if you have really great director your cast is A-list for some reason those little MCU motifs of here's a super emotional moment let's the punchline let's throw a punchline in there and have a really you know let's ruin the mood a little bit Um, if they didn't if they hadn't done any of that in this movie it would have been a lot different I think it would have had a lot more gravitas but the fact, like, even, like, Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie, we can admit, are, like, the be- one of the best actresses that we can even think of, right? To put them face-to-face with Kumail Nanjiani's humor, like we were just talking about, 
I don't, it does, I, it didn't work. I think it pulled so much away from these are some stoic gods that, that have looked over humanity for the longest time. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it, I'm off and on about that. I've still, I've only saw it when we go. I guess it was Saturday. And, uh, I've, I'm still like picking on it, I guess. Well, I guess it just kind of, it's kind of, it kind of shows the distinct personalities of these different internals, which I do find interesting because they're all, um, like they're not like humans. They're like robots, I guess, like create create creations. So I find that interesting that they're also vastly different, even everything from personality to sexuality to ability status. Like I find that very, an age, I find that all very interesting race, Mm -hmm. Um, but then two, and at times it kind of just felt like everyone was like in a different movie. Like you're right. You have your Angelina Jolie doing like her prestige movie kind of thing. And then you have like Barry Keegan doing his indie movie stuff. And then you have Kumail and his classic comedies and, and yeah, it just at times it was weird. But also at other times, I kind of like respected it too because it did showcase that everyone's everyone's different personality. And I guess these Eternals represent the human humankind, and they develop, you know, yada yada yada. Yeah, you know all I that. Know. I don't know. Anyways, um, cool. Um, so I guess that means we're going to who do we have a slice of pizza with, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've been back and forth on this. I could really, I'd love to have a slice of pizza with. Cersei. Interesting. No. Yes. No. Yes. Definitely Cersei. She, her, this, if we can believe that the, the Greek mythology canon is still kind of standing here, Cersei is such an interesting character in Greek mythology that um, I'm interested to see. I'd like to know how many of those original stories, like how much of those epics that you're kind of referenced in how much are they true like getting that backstory and i guess that could be true for everyone there um you know icarus i guess his his little story of flying too close to the sun was just a joke that sprite made i think i heard so like i'd like to be with plus Gemma chan is so so gorgeous and so beautiful um it looks like her powers are growing right so yeah i want to know how that feels um you know she turned that dog into a tree yep yeah, and they were all which like everyone was kind of cool with. They were like, <laughs> which, yeah, everyone was like, well, I think everyone was like, whoa, when did since when were you able to do that? I never really grasped the magnitude of that. I just I so I don't think they really executed that that well with with making us realize how big of a deal that actually was. What I'm just thinking, I'm just oh, thinking okay. this movie, this movie, it gives a lot to chew on. Yeah, and there's a lot going on. So yours is Cersei, okay. Yeah, let's cool. do it. Um, I think the funnest pizza conversation would be with Kingo, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I will I want to give a shout out to one of his lines really quick. And he mentioned that um, before the climactic battle, he, he does not want to fight with anyone because of his beliefs. And he kind of just like goes away and doesn't partake in that fight. I think that's like mm-hmm. a hardcore, like one, I like that line. And two, I think it's like a, like a, a real, like a, like a post Trump speaking about today's political divide, you know, like if we all have our beliefs and here you have King going, I believe when I believe, but like, I love you all you too much. It. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight. And I, and I respect that, you know, it's cool. We're like, if you will, Richard Madden is kind of like, you know, 
people who will fight about their beliefs to the day they die uncompromising. Mm -hmm. Um, and then everybody else, um, I thought that was interesting. And, and I think they did a great job of having that, those levels of allegiance and understanding were super complicated for all of the, the, the eternals, you know, they've, they've been off on their own for what, two, 3000 years. Like they've all probably had time to think about their mission and humanity and what it means. And obviously Icarus and Ajax had a little bit more information um, about what that was, but whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd say King goes probably a really good pizza date. Uh, plus I think his powers are the coolest. His are cool. Yeah. His are cool, but no, my pizza actually would be with Druig, your boy, Barry. Oh. I thought he was the coolest character. I thought he would, I really, I mentioned this earlier. I really enjoy just the way he views life, like his mm-hmm. skepticism, his questioning, the loyalty that they're supposed to have their purpose and using their powers for a way that not initially intended and his, 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 uh, his ability to kind of stray along the beaten path. You know, I liked that and I found it interesting and I wish there was more. I wish there was more of him in general. I thought he brought a lot to the table. I thought he in Macari's love relationship thing that they had going on, like you never really see them. They, they, they don't kiss, but they mm-hmm. obviously show like great affection and chemistry towards one another. And it was, it was like, it was, what's the word? It was like, it was cackling. It was crackling. It was just like, I need, give me more of this. Like, mm-hmm. this is where a Disney plus series can come in. I'm like, I want a whole episode. I want 40 plus minutes of this, you know? So they were really, really good. And uh, yeah, so I would, I would love it. I would think I would like to have a, a pizza with, with him and it would be nice. an interesting, deep conversation. Yeah. And hope he doesn't take over the, your body. We can only hope, you know, maybe he would take over my mind. Maybe I'm like, yo, I want that sausage, green peppers and onions. And he'd be like, no, you actually want pepperoni, you know? So maybe that'd be something like that. He would take over my mind and we would order something different, you know? Sounds like a rude date. But you know what? And I would never know it because he That's took true. over my mind. He took he over my mind. you. I guess, yeah, I guess he can just make the date at whatever he wants. And maybe I'll walk away from that conversation, not even knowing we had it. Wow. Do I actually want to do this with him now? Maybe you've already done it. I don't know. Um, speaking of characters, though, really quick before we give our slice, what did you make of Brian Tyree Henry's Fastos? Yeah. Um, I know um, this movie is not playing in several countries across the world because of the LGBTQ storyline. And yeah, I don't know. For me personally, it's like we didn't get a lot of it. They And then as far as like affection they kissed once you see them as a family once or twice like i just find it i thought he was really really good but like people getting up in arms about like this representation and wokeness and and everything i'm just like give me a break dude like what the hell yeah what are your thoughts i mean i knew it was coming uh and i'm i mean i'm i'm glad that they didn't cut the scene because of international pressure of course Um, representation is so important Um, but it it did feel just like let's throw it in there like let's make sure the kid calls them both daddy Mm. like make let's make sure that you say go to your father like they both say that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like let's push that this is the guy with the family yeah it's interesting he's the only one with the family so he was our little insight of like all right this is this is the life that they could have lived um i i don't know I, I, it just, it just happened. It is what it is. You know, I've been, I've actually been watching um, a lot of Paramount plus with commercials and 
the commercials nowadays are so so diverse i mean yeah. there's like there's adoptive families and there's interracial marriages and there's gay couples up on the commercial all the time and then it's like all right it's great um i'm not gonna give this movie an extra star because they had a yeah, gay, yeah 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 characters in it it was just like do we have to make a big fucking stink about it no like let just let the story go it was nice that they did it it was cool i think his character is one of the most interesting um although uh I don't know about bringing superheroes into like Hiroshima. Like he cut, ca- they yeah. kind of look like assholes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's not you, great. He, and he's wearing a bow tie at that scene with the glasses. So, you know, he was like in some kind of lab somewhere when they were talking about this. And he really was like, no, I can't interfere. I can't interfere. Not a good look for the Eternals at all, at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what you want. Um, also speaking to Kingo really quick. So going back to him. Can we update Kumail Nanjiani's um, IMDb photo, please? Yes, he does not look like that anymore. Can he's got about thirty more pounds of muscle. If you're if you're listening, just take a look at his IMDb page. He's wearing he's wearing a an Argyle V neck sweater with a button up under it, and his hair he looks just completely different. He's almost unrecognizable. I mean, if you show this to somebody on the street and say this is Kumail, I don't know if they would believe you. So, um, okay, cool. Want to slice it out? Yes. Let me go get my uh, knife. Okay, cool. Go ahead and do that. As Michael gets his knife, I, I, will, I guess I'll go first, and I'm going to give it a respectable hmm, – shoot. Um, <laughs> this sounds low. I guess a five, a five out of eight. You know, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm lukewarm. I'm a little bit above lukewarm. Um, I, t- I said I watched it with Paige and Brandon, and we walked out of the theater. They definitely enjoyed it, I think, more than me because they said that they liked this more than Dune. And I respectfully disagree with them where I like Dune definitely more than this. And then, and I gave Dune a seven. I think, yeah, I think a five. I def, I not, does not deserve to be rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. I would recommend this movie. If you don't want to see it in theaters, I also think that's fine if you want to wait until it drops on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And, and I, but I do think that if you're even remotely an MCU fan, then check it out. I think that grapple some interesting things i think you see a lot of cool faces you know great actors and star power in this movie and there's some really fun sequences like any other mcu movie and and uh yeah it was a time so but i'm not gonna i've seen i've seen dune twice like i have i'm not eager to see this again so like i think i think five is fair for me five out of eight okay that's pretty respectable yeah how about you uh i'm I'm going to give it a four. Okay. So one lower. Um, and I don't even know what I gave Black Widow. Um, but this is this is between Sha- uh, Shang-Chi and Black Widow on my list of the year for sure. Um, you know, right there in the meaty middle. I hated Black Widow. And this one I didn't love so much. Um, just for any any number of reasons, uh, it is it's a, such a large idea. But I don't think you can flex the MCU formula like this. I think, unfortunately, they really painted themselves into a corner. Um, and it, it, didn't, it didn't catch me. I can't even tell you why I like Shang-Chi more than this one either. Um, it just it didn't hit me where I wanted it to go. Um, this is, I don't know, this is the House of Mouse really, really pulling some strings and really pushing some weight. Um, so I'm interested to see where it goes from there. But just in general... A movie about bystanders, uh, not what we need right now, I don't think. 
Um, I really, it left a terrible taste in my mouth, uh, the Hiroshima scenes. Uh, I don't know if that was in good taste. Um, so just that idea of like, we were told not to do anything, so we didn't interfere. Those aren't heroes. And I don't care if that's like, if they've overcome that. They spent, you know, two, almost 7,000 years kind of just watching us. I don't know. It, it's not what we need. And that's the thing. There's a line, I think it says, we thought we were the good guys, but we're actually the bad guys. That's why they weren't told to interfere. They needed to make sure it just ran its course. You know, they were, they're, they're not good. They're not good guys. They weren't intended to be good guys. Um, well, and they didn't even follow those rules all the time. I mean, no, some of them didn't. Some of them did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The druids in the world, for sure. Yeah. But even like covering up for them, you know, like he stopped that fight. Who was it? I think it was Makari said, I, I won't tell if you won't tell. Or maybe that was Sprite or something like that. So they are they are skirting the rules and like, God, Faustus, Hiroshima, come on, man. Like, I don't know. It it was beautiful, maybe. The CGI wasn't awesome. I I guess I'm gonna see Harry Styles in the next one. And whatever terrible CGI little troll was with him that was the worst cgi i've seen in the mc mcu right see what was yeah. his name pip yep pip yeah yeah all right so four four out of eight sorry Man, i thought i thought you were going to talk yourself down to a three there after after talking about your reasoning there for a moment but yeah okay so that's a four out of eight from michael five out of eight for myself that's eternals by chloe zhao um check it out or don't you know i think it's right around right around there so um Cool. So do you, excellent review. Hey guys, check it out or don't, or, or don't, you know, that's where we're at. Um, cool. Well, sweet. Do you have any last slices, Michael? Last slice. Um, no, it's getting colder in Memphis. So I'm able to wear more jackets and layer up and look cute. So I'm pumped about that. Cool. Nice. Just Speaking winter time's coming. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank you for th- acknowledging Thanksgiving. That's my last slice. Thanksgiving comes first in the calendar. So let's give Thanksgiving the appreciation, respect, and attention that it deserves. And I mean, then, it comes first, uh, you know, re- relative to Christmas, you know, for Halloween those of you, for those of first. us that, for the, yeah, for those of us that, that celebrate Christmas, let's, let's also appreciate Thanksgiving and the holiday that that is. And, and then afterwards is the appropriate time to put up Christmas decorations. If you're asking me, that's where I stand. That's my last slice. Oh, okay. Uh, next week we'll hear about Brian's hatred about Christmas lights. Thank you for listening to our slice on film folks. We'll catch you next time. We've loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it.